welcome to the High Casserole. The High Casserole. Let's get baked. Let's get baked. Let's get a baked, huh? Let's get a Bienvenidos a la Cazuela Alta. Aquí yo soy Olivia. Allí es Sarah. Not too shabby. Me llamo Sarah. Bienvenidos. Muy bien, Liv. Gracias, Sarah. Uh, it's, it's Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. Yay. Happy Galentine's Day. Love you so much. Love you so much. This is also, it's for in a couple of weeks, but it's also our friend anniversary is coming up here. Mm. So a lot of, a lot of celebration for us this time yeah. of year. Uh, we're the high casserole. We are a podcast. <laughs> and like any good casserole, we are filled with a bunch of random shit and we are ba it, 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 baked. And I'm going to bake, 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 bake. Yeah, we're getting some Taylor going. We got to get some Usher involved in this. How about that Super Bowl halftime show? Oh my Sorry. gosh, so good. Yeah, I my I was pumped. My mom was like, why are you so excited? And I was like, this is my middle school dance songs. And I am jamming. So like it was my middle school, high school fantasy come true. It yeah, was everything. It really was. 15-year-old Liv got everything she needed out of that uh-huh same hard same <laughs> yeah yeah so uh aside from that pop culture what what are you doing what are you drinking and smoking and mm. um today i'm accompanied by my emotional support water bottle hydrating Shocker. me through <laughs> i know such a shock it's the elixir of life nectar of the gods um and then also another shocker is that I will be using the vaporization method today for our baking. We love it. We yeah. love it. You know, you know the strain or it's uh, No, it's I, it, I think mystery. it's it's either orange or white sativa. The name is either has orange or white in it and it's a sativa. Yeah. And that's all I can love tell it. you. Love it. Cool. What about you? I have um, Suja Organic. Mm. This is their Uber Greens juice. So it's got cucumber, celery, grapefruit, green shard, lettuce, lemon, kale, spinach, parsley, mint tea. Yum. Yeah. We've been trying to do the juices, you know, for a while, the cleanse and the juice. So um, this one, honestly, pretty good. Some are not. This one, this one's got enough, enough sweetness. And I also have the WB. ESWB, and <laughs> I have also a cartridge. Ooh, and I just got this. I'm gonna try to remember what it was that I got. Um, yeah, there were two carts that we got. One was like, actually, those were the joints we got were Tangerine Borealis. Ooh, yeah, those are long gone, but they were really good. This is some kind of lemony sativa as well so cheers, cheers. Clink. no cloud for me oh no let me go on a higher level <laughs> <laughs> 
So funny story. Uh, Nick and I took the train to Montana. This past oh, fun. Weekend. Yep. Yep. Little birthday shenanigans. And normally we drive and I was like, let's just, let's just train it and see what it's like. It was awesome. Love the train. Recommend the train. On our ride there, they were serving dinner and you, they sit you with people, right? There's only so many seats. So you sit at a table and we were sitting with these two ladies who were sitting across from us in our seats. And, you know, we talked, actually everyone was celebrating their birthdays. It was like the whole train car. Everyone was celebrating. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a birthday Aqua, train. Aqua train. Yeah. Uh, but we start talking to them and they were like, oh, we don't drink. Cause you got to drink with your dinner. Yeah. And then um, she, they were like, well, we like weed instead. And um, we are talking to these ladies. We got our drinks, but they didn't get drinks. And they were like, well, can we give our drinks to them? Asking the train people. And they were like, well, no, we don't allow that. And they're like, well, can we just order our drinks then? <laughs> they're like, oh, sure. And the one woman was like, what do you mean? We don't need drinks. And the friend was like, we're going to give them to them. Like, calm down. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But then she was like, but we do, we smoke weed, but we're having trouble with our weed pen. And I was like, oh, we can help you. Go get it and we'll show you. We'll show you what to do. So we taught her um, the ones with buttons. It's five clicks, five quick clicks to turn it on or off. It's usually three clicks to change the temp. And there's generally a low, medium, and high temp. Low is going to make your product last longer and give you more flavor. And high, probably be a blue color. Yeah, probably blue or purples, and then yeah. it's usually like red, sure. orange, or white are the hot, and then yep. whatever colors Green. between that is your <laughs> greens or mid. Um, but the high temp is four big clouds. It's going to do its work, but you're going to get less flavor, and we've talked about this before on this podcast. When you're vaping big clouds out of cannabis product, you're literally just wasting your product. You, everything that you breathe out and exhale is is viable THC or other cannab cannabinoids that you just didn't absorb. And now you sent them into the ether instead of into your body. So keep it on medium or low. Only go high if you're really trying to do it. But So that was, a you know, our good deed for the trip was teaching a woman how to use her pen. I think they could, just couldn't get it on. So we were like, oh, yeah, you need you need to be able to use this, especially if you're not drinking. So, okay, yeah, that's what really I'm doing. Cute. You're like the fairy weed godmother, just going around like helping people use all their weed tools. <laughs> I love it so much. Wave my magic wand and get you stoned and you stoned. <laughs> oh, uh, so what good. about you? What have you been doing? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what have I been doing? Let me look at my moleskin. I have been extending my Duolingo streak like nobody's business. Um, I'm on day 68, so tomorrow's a big Holy day. Holy shit. Espanol? Yeah, Espanol. Fuck yeah. Dia de 67. No, 67. No, de 8. Y mañana es el día de San Valentín. Y también es mi día... 69. Nice. Which is yeah. like so it's Valentine's yeah, Day it's Valentine's and on day. day 69. So it's great. Hell yes. 
So fitting. So fitting. So you good. planned that, didn't you? Yes, actually. I have so much foresight. I was like, let me not start a streak until December and then or November and get it going for Valentine's yeah. Day. Awesome. That inspires me. Maybe I'll get Duolingo again. We were doing that Pimsleur, which I've told you about, which yeah, amazing, but it's it's 20 bucks a month. So I'm like, unless you're, you know, using it, it's like I don't, I don't need this, but the duo. Do you have the free duo or the paid? Yeah, yeah, free. I'm just rocking yeah. the free version. Nice. 68 days going on 69. 64? Yeah, we can be friends and go on quests together and stuff. Okay, all right, I'm down. Yeah. Download it. Let's do it. Uh, okay, well, any other other things happening? Mm, yeah, just, while. yeah, I missed you. It was your birthday. I'm glad you had a fun little fairy train ride with all the birthday people i also got um on actual birthday well the day before i we weren't going to really do anything but i was kind of sad and so nick surprised me with something because he's a good guy like that we went and stayed at a tree house you know the show tree house masters it's yeah that, that guy built this tree house and there is an episode with this tree house in it holy and fuck yeah, it was amazing, mind-blowing. They also have done all kinds of stuff with, like, the property and the land, and they have a hot tub, and, yeah, it was, oh, and maybe I'm not supposed to say this. I think it's on their line. They have, like, a bunch of surprises, so it's like, don't tell anyone the surprise, but one of them, and I don't think it's a surprise. If it is, spoiler alert, zip line breakfast. Whoa. There's a zip line from their house to the tree house, and in the morning, they have everything hooked up to Alexa, so you say, Alexa, zip line breakfast. And it lets it go from their house where they've packed it and slides over. And, it was, you know, it was like some pastries and yogurt and I think expired orange juice. Honestly, it was the wrong color. But <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's still awesome. It's like Magic Treehouse. Did you ever it, read those books? Oh, yeah. Those were freaking great. You could like flip, right? Those the find your own adventures. No, different. No, I'm okay. thinking mine, mine was like a chapter book series. Is like the Magic Treehouse Kids, or yeah, yeah. Are we thinking the same thing? Oh, no, I, I think, but there's another like similar series around that like age period where you read it and it's like choose your adventure. So if you want to do, oh, maybe you're right. First choice, you go to page 34, and if you want to do the yeah. second page, you go to page uh, 82, and it's like different shit happens. I didn't remember that part of it, but that's sick. It, they might be different, but there was very similar vibes of like okay. kids, kids exploring and yeah. Yeah. What a cool idea though. Like let's make this book with alternate endings. Yeah. Yeah. Very okay. cool. Well, that sounds like a magical birthday celebration. That's awesome. I love tree houses. I would love to live in a tree house one day. Yeah. And I could live in this tree house. It had, had a toilet and like running water and stuff, but it also had an outdoor shower. Oh so my like gosh. looking at this like pond. It's overlooking like a little pond and with beavers and ducks and stuff. So it was just yeah, taking a outdoor shower on February seventh, which is also I was like, thank God I live where I live. And they had yeah. a little heated lamp, you know, it was it was chilly, but it was great. It was cleansing. Because you're in hot water, so it was grand. Right. Like you're taking a hot shower. Right. And I did it yeah. after I got out of the hot tub, so I was already mm, smart. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, also shout out all of our friends for, I told Nick I wanted a surprise party, and he actually pulled it off. We, I thought we were just going to dinner, just the two of us, and um, 
there were a bunch of people there that all surprised That's amazing. me. Yeah, Aww. it was all the Mexico crew, you know, very well familiar. And we had hot pot dinner, which was also the first time I've ever done that. Yeah, I've never fun. done that either. It was really fun. We we let Nick order the second round. You get three rounds, basically. And he mm -hmm. went all meat, like all red meat on the second mm -hmm. round. So, like, we wanted to try more things, but we were all just, like, so full at that point. We're like, all right, let it go. Let it go. So, yeah, I recommend. <laughs> How was the order. waiter? The waiter, um, honestly, lackluster. No shade. That place was fucking popping. But, and we were, I think Nick and I were like 30 minutes late. So everyone was already waiting there. And then they like didn't take our order for forever. And then I think she left. You know, sometimes they, yeah, their shift ends. And so we were sitting there for an hour and no one, no one came and talked to us. Oh, but no. you know, we were fine. We were fine. You yes. have some random weird luck with waiters on yeah, your Yeah, I guess you're right. That's funny. That's why you asked it because of Alejandro. Yeah, there was no, there was, there was no notability. There was just no one there. That was. Yeah, the it was like the opposite. Like someone who's so much you are keenly aware that they exist versus a ghost of a person. Oh, Alejandro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was mostly it. sad because I kept getting all the fucking Mexico pictures popping up on my phone like this time last year. I was like, fuck you. I know what I was doing last year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a magical time. Truly. I feel like I've said magical at least three times now. So maybe I need to get um, a thesaurus out or something. Or more stones. And maybe that'll. Mm, I think that's how I got here in the first place. <laughs> hey, magical is a great word. Uh, speaking of magical. Do you want to get into today's topic? Ooh, yes. Let's get Which into actually it. does not have anything to do with magic. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of a bummer. I've, I thought it was going to be a good one. I, you know, it is a good one. But um, basically, I'm going to kind of go through this this article I read. Okay. This it's I picked. Okay. Um, titled. A Brief History of Climate Change Discoveries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as the Super Bowl shenanigans were going on, you know, there's a lot of other mm. things happening in the world, one of which I kept getting the chart that is the average global temperatures. And 2024 is hotter than Beyonce's new country album. Like, it, mm. it's scary. And I think more information can help make things less scary. So this um, article is from the UK Research and Innovation, UKRI. It's a .org site. So, you know, feeling some good vibes, some good trust. Um, basically, they start, they're giving us the last 50 years because really it's only been about 50 to 70 years that we have been looking at the climate and actually wondering about it and um, also having the technology to study it and document and all that stuff. So this article starts in 1938, which is actually closer to 100 years uh, ago, uh, but with the first proof that global temperatures are rising. So a little known amateur scientist called Guy Callender 
makes history by discovering the planet has warmed. So he was a steam engineer and he like stopped his job to pursue um, collecting records from weather stations, 147 weather stations across the world. So he just like, I'm sure there's more to it, right? We don't have time to get into Calendar's story, but he decided I'm gonna start studying the weather. He uh, was arguing that carbon dioxide emissions from industry were responsible for global warming. He was a steam engineer, so I'm sure he probably saw, you know, mm -hmm. second engine shit that was happening. Although steam, that's that'd be a cool way to power the world, all by steam. Anyways, um, steam so trains. Yeah, yeah, steam engines. Mostly people ignored him. Um, they didn't believe that humans could impact such a large system as the climate. This guy um, actually eventually, like now today, when they look back at his research, they're like, whoa, the dude was right. He was very accurate. He did all these calculations by hand to like assess and predict warming. Then we jump to 1954. This is the birth of the solar cell. So not a solar battery, but um, these three scientists in Bell Labs were doing research for Bell Telephone Company in New Jersey. They asked um, this other guy, Daryl Chapman, to help them out solving a problem. They wanted to extend their network of phones to remote tropical regions. But the batteries they used at the time kind of degraded quickly in really hot, humid conditions. So they brought this guy in to look at other um, power sources and immediately thought solar power might work. So solar cells convert sunlight into electrical current. They were invented more than 100 years ago, but they were very inefficient. Uh, the ones in the on the market in the early 50s were made from selenium, but they only produced 5 watts per square meter. So they converted less than 0.5% of the incoming sunlight into electricity. So waste of time and effort and materials, basically, right? Uh, the same time that Chapin was doing that work for Bell Telephone, Two guys named Calvin Fuller and Gerald Pearson were developing transistors made from silicon. So a transistor doesn't say it here, but I believe takes electric current from one spot and like deposits it or divests it to another place. Or maybe it stops it, right? It's like co collecting. Maybe transistors are collecting. Um, they were experimenting with introducing different impurities into the silicon to boost its conductivity. So, okay, so I was right, the transistors are conducting electrical current. Basically, they um, were experimenting with the silicon and lithium. And I'm trying to sum up this stuff without reading it too, too word for word. Uh, basically, they had a reliable cell, they were able to build a reliable cell that could convert 6% of solar energy into electricity. So, um, okay, so when all three of these guys got together, by using the silicone on the solar panels, they were able to, or solar cells, they were able to get better conductive energy. So they're going from, what was it, 0.5% of sunlight conversion to 6% sunlight conversion. So still like not a lot, but much better. 
Okay, another jump here, 1958. We were just at 1954, so four years later. This doctor, Charles David Keeling, provides the first evidence that CO2 levels are rising. Um, he was a postgraduate geochemist, Dr. Keeling, and he decided to compare the amounts of CO2 in water and air. Nobody had ever tried to do this before, so there was like no off-shelf equipment. He basically built his own apparatus and, ooh, and set off to a weather observation station on top of Mauna Loa volcano in Hawaii. There he took meticulous measurements every day and within five years, he had provided the first unequivocal proof that CO2 concentrations were rising. Then he was um, able to analyze the samples and attribute the rise from the use of fossil fuels to the rise of fossil fuels. So we've had a couple connections here. These scientists are doing work that's kind of unrelated or just for research. And then they're able to link it back to industry, to fossil fuels, which in the 50s and 60s, right, this is it's enough time into the Industrial Revolution that things are really starting to build up and also speed up, right? Think of, I mean, jumping now to you and me, when we were born in 92 and 93, there were computers, but they took up whole rooms. By the time we were in, I was in first grade, I remember uh, another weird one, 9-11. I remember 9-11. I was taken out of the typing classroom. Like my mom came to get me at school and I was in keyboarding class and there was just a room full of big ass square boxes. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, side note. So it's just like, you know, that's that's the trajectory with our current technology. So back then things were a little slower, but still building steam mm. so dr keeling um his discovery was one of the most important scientific works of the 20th century since then daily readings at mauna loa have continued almost uninterrupted for 60 years cool. and the keeling curve so named after him that is the curve that documents the co co2 changes um over time and it's the longest continuous record of co2 concentrations in the world so 1967, Earth's changing climate modeled for the first time. So this is actually a first computer model. So again, I mean, we were talking about the 90s, but we had computers. They had computers back in the 60s. Again, that took up probably multiple rooms. <laughs> uh, but they were able to start inputting all of this data into those computers to start getting models and the model predicts that doubling concentrations of CO2 could raise global temperatures by two degrees Celsius. So if we were to, this is in 67, 1967, if the level of CO2 is doubled in the earth, then temps raise by 2%. You'll hear those numbers a lot more, the 2%, 1.5%, 2%. Okay. So now we've got computers, people are doing research, just to throw out names, we've got Siyukuru Manabe and Richard Weatherald. They produced the first accurate computer model of Earth's climate. This looks at things like the atmosphere, oceans, clouds, and all the relationships between them. 
This model allowed researchers to adjust CO2 levels, just play around with the system and see what it would do. They found that, um, oh, that, that's what they found, was that the, by doubling the amount, you get, you get rises of 2%. Um, since the 1880s, we have increased CO2 by, CO2 by about 50%, and temperatures have increased by 1.1 degrees Celsius. So their model is accurate. Uh, Siakuru Manabe is one of three scientists who have been awarded the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize in Physics for his work on understanding complex systems like the Earth's climate. So shout out Manabe. Um, okay, now we are getting into supercomputers. There's a supercomputer called Jasmine. Provides environmental scientists with access to very large sets of environmental data, which are typically too big for them to download to their own computers can also reduce the time it takes to test new ideas as well as give in hours, give results in hours rather than months. Jasmine is operated by Science and Technology Facility Councils, STFC, RAL Space Center for Environmental Data Analysis on behalf of the Natural Environment Research Council. Wow, that's a lot of S-T-F-C-C-E-A-N-E-R-C. <laughs> Basically, they made this computer to really start tracking and computing and playing around with and understanding climate. Okay, 1968, we've got Dr. John Melser, a glaciologist at oh, Ohio yeah. State University, warns that global warming could cause Antarctic sheets to collapse, leading to a disastrous rise in sea levels. So this is 1968. Dr. Mercer was doing field work at a glacier in West Antarctica. Basically, he was able to find, like, there was evidence that there used to be an, an entire larger sheet that had melted away. And the paper found that sea levels rose six meters in the previous interglacial period. So he found evidence that 120,000 years ago, they, they're, that glacier had melted and then refroze. So he was saying that when that happened 120,000 years ago, sea levels rose six meters and temperatures at that time were six to seven degrees higher than they are today. So we all know earth has cooled and warmed many, 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 many times, right? And this is um, why I wanted to talk about this today is I've heard some people speaking about this recently and they were, that was kind of their argument against climate change was that the planet is always warming and we are just mm -hmm. in that warming swing. But then if we look at science, we look at data, right? Those CO2 emissions that we are all tracking, they link them to industry, to humans, to cars, to machinery, right? And that's mm -hmm. that's what the, the rest of the papers kind of got kind of kind of get into. So we've laid the the ground, um, the foundation here. In 1969, Earth's temperature was measured with satellites for the first time. So here we are 60 years later, is that 40, 50, 60, yeah, we're 60 years after this, right? So we've had this information and this data for over 60 years at our hands, yeah. right? Sad. Yes. Um, today, satellites, are capable of a lot more shit than they used to, right? Um, 
says there are more than 210 instruments on missions to date. This is from this one um, space station. So just think of all that data and all that information, right? And it really is crazy that like we weren't being taught that kind of stuff, mm. right? If you think about we're growing up in the totally 2000s, they already had this information for 40 years. Okay, 1985, ice cores extracted from Antarctica confirm that CO2 and temperature have gone up and down together over the past 150,000 years. So I'm going to sum this one up. Basically, they take these ice core samples from the Arctic or Antarctic. The deeper the ice sample, the older it is, and then they can test that ice sheet they take like these little cores little slivers of ice and they test what is the level of all the particles in that piece of ice and that is a screenshot of what was in the atmosphere at that time when that was cool. crazy right yeah that is crazy crazy cool so uh, <coughs> you're good um a team of French and former Soviet scientists extracted an Antarctic ice core over 2,000 meters long in 1985. So that went back to 150,000 years ago. In 1998, that same team actually extracted an even longer core that dates back to 428,000 years ago. <laughs> Both cores showed a clear relationship between levels of greenhouse gases and Antarctic temperature over time. So as greenhouse gases go up, so had temperatures, right? So, and I'll go back to like, I think people that are denying climate change today, they'll acknowledge that this shit has happened, right? We understand ice age, heat wave, dinosaurs. Well, the dinosaurs didn't die because of that, but mammals, the, the big tusk dude, Woolly mammoth. Thank you. <laughs> it's like mammals. That's not right. They were mammals, but <laughs> the big okay. tusk dude. Yeah, the woolly mammoth. Haven't you? Ice Age, man. Great movie. Yeah, seriously. Need to watch that. That's a classic. <laughs> uh, okay. Then in 2004, ice core scientists at the British Antarctic Survey got a piece that goes back to 800,000 years, giving us the, by far, the oldest continuous climate record yet obtained from ice cores. Mm -hmm. So those ice, those ice cores show us that the concentration of CO2 was stable over the last millennium, over the last 800,000 years, until the early 19th century. It then started to rise, and concentration is now nearly 50% higher than it was before the industrial revolution. Mm. So that is the piece for me, right? It's like there, you see the surge, the surge starts at industrial revolution. You cannot mm. deny that. And as there are more people, right? We've got over 8 billion of us every year and it just creates more, 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 more. So with that, that line has only hockey sticked up, you know? Uh, 1985, they discovered a hole in the ozone. Again, I'm going to sum this up. It was all due to CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons. They were in aerosol cans, fridges. Basically, everyone got that, got on the memo of that and de delayed, deleted, de de what am I looking for? 
depleted and they banned oh. the CFCs. There we go. No more CFCs. Mm -hmm. And I know it said in here that they, uh, basically the, the ozone hole is now he slowly healing, which is dope. Like humans can affect change, right? We can change for the bad. We can change for the good. Everyone got on board, realized that if the holes, ozone hole had um, been eaten away, basically that protects us from sun's heat and also keeps um, a lot of our climate and temperature in, keeps it stable, right? So without ozone, it says um, it would result in five to 10 years, we would have 300 more skin cancer cases every year in the UK by 2030. Interesting. Okay. A lot of skin cancers, you know, mm -hmm. all that erase. So 1985, still same time, 80s, the lithium ion battery is invented. Japanese scientist Professor Akira Yoshino develops the first rechargeable lithium battery. This is a huge wave in sustainability. They then started, you know, giving more storage to the batteries. And... Basically, the batteries they're saying are bring us closer to a dream of a fossil free, fossil fuel free society, right? We have to turn to these other, we're stuck on electronics, right? That's not going back mm -hmm. at this point. So, how do we find other ways that are more efficient and more um, sustainable accessible and sustainable? Okay, talks more about the batteries. 1988, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change heralds a new era of climate research. So the IPCC gathers together. They really start getting on this and saying like, yo, we got to do some shit. Um, since 1990, reports by this body have consistently found that Earth is warming and the release of greenhouse gases by humans is responsible. Shocker. Hmm. Then these guys started getting into action. So um, 1997 Kyoto Protocol, which further committed industrialized countries to limit and reduce their greenhouse gas emissions to, to individually agreed targets. Then there was the Paris Agreement. In so these are the guys that made Paris Agreement. 195 countries agreed to limit global warming to less than two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. So they are now specifically looking at pre-industrial revolution, what were natural CO2 levels, and how do we keep from getting outside of a certain threshold beyond that? And the th that threshold is a doubling of the CO2 levels because at that two degrees, I'm going to skip down here, at that two degrees is where things become irreversible. I'm going to scroll through. Then they celebrate... Wind power is awesome. Okay, yes. 92, coral reefs at threat. So they realize that higher levels of CO2 in the atmosphere and also in the ocean, um, when it, CO2 dissolves in the ocean, it raises the water's acidity level. This stops corals from sucking a vital mineral called calcium carbonate, which they use to build their skeletons. So too much CO2, no corals, no corals no ecosystem, basically. Um, so many ocean systems are built on corals and they depend on them. 
It's not just corals that are at risk. All creatures that form shells are in danger, including oysters, mussels, clams, and some planktonic species. Um, a very specific instance, burrowing heart sea urchins are extremely vulnerable to ocean acidification. If sea urchins were to die out, this would have far-reaching implications. These digging creatures act like earthworms, stirring up the seabed and releasing nutrients for other organisms to use. It's all connected, right? We're all connected. So in 94, uh, 197 countries sign up to the first global treaty. We kind of already skipped through this. You know, they basically keep agreeing to make limits um, to their emissions. 96, they start capturing carbon underground. So this is also a good thing. Basically, carbon capture is when you take greenhouse gases produced by industrial plants and store it underground. This stops the CO2 from being released into the atmosphere and or water, preventing further global warming. The first commercial CO2 storage project started in 96 at the Sleipner gas field in the North Sea. About 1 million tons of CO2 have been captured and stored every year since then. That's more than 20 million tons of CO2, which is equivalent to the annual emissions from 10 million cars. Then it says, um, it's now accepted that carbon capture is essential if we are to get to zero emissions by 2050. However, at one time, the technology was seen as potentially risky. Governments and public needed convincing that the technology was safe and feasible. I'm going to skip through some more of this. Basically, this is winning out. I do know um, it's not mentioned here because this is the UK research and innovation, but I know Iceland is like super sustainable and um, environmentally friendly. They use a lot of, they have a lot of volcanic power that they, mm -hmm. they use, but then they are also um, capturing and storing CO2. I think they have like multiple facilities that do this. So fuck yeah, Iceland and any other yeah. countries that are doing that work. 97, we've got hybrid cars invented. So again, another push into batteries away from fossil fuels. Yep. 2003, scientists link extreme weather to climate change. A heat wave in Europe kills tens of thousands of people. Scientists say that climate change is to blame. So again, we're going back to, you know, maybe arguments that were floating around. Well, still are, but mainly five, 10 years ago of like, well, there, it's really cold. That must be the plan. It's not global warming, right? And it actually, that's counterintuitive. Like, if the climate is unstable, that means you will experience more extremes. And we mm -hmm. have been experiencing more extremes and will continue to do so. Hurricanes get bigger. Heat waves get hotter. Ice storms get icier. It's Winters scary, man. It's a scary world. Right? And especially in places that are not used to experiencing extreme climate change i'm thinking specifically of like two years ago there was a huge storm in texas and it's like everyone's water pipes burst yeah. and they couldn't like all these factories went down i think there was like an insulation making factory there that and it's like okay then the you know i mean after after COVID, I think we all understand supply chain a little bit better <laughs> yeah um of course too it, you know, if an entire region gets shut down because all their water pipes burst because they weren't ready for freezing weather, like, 
Yeah, catastrophe. Uh, flash floods and heat waves seem to be happening almost every year in Britain. Is this just a coincidence? It's not. Uh, um, so yeah, in 2004, Professor Pete Stott, a scientist at the UK Met Office, published a paper in the scientific journal Nature showing that climate change had doubled the risk of the 2003 European heat wave that killed all those people. Um, he found growing scientific he fi his finding led to a growing scientific movement called extreme event attribution. This is where researchers point to an extreme weather event and use climate modeling to say whether the likelihood of the event happening would be the same in a world without climate change. Holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so if the CO2 levels were pre-industrial, then what would the yeah. effect have been? Whoa. Yeah. Um, then talks about, okay, there's a daughter, Dr. Otto showed that the 2018 heat wave that engulfed Northern Europe was made twice as likely due to climate change. She also found that the risk of extreme rainfall in any given winter has risen by 25%. Mm, I believe that. Yeah. Okay. Now we get into, um, the Arctic. So 2007, they show the Arctic is warming twice as fast as the rest of the planet. Mm -hmm. To sum this, this one up, basically at the ice reflects the heat. And so it keeps us cooler. If there's less ice to reflect the sun's rays back out, we get hotter. The poles are warming faster than the rest of the planet. One of the key predictions of climate models Oh, that, that what I just described is called ice albedo feedback. There you go. Okay, methane plumes. This is another thing that they've just experienced. So as the oceans warm up, um, methane gets released. In cold waters, it is commonly found in the seabed as methane hydrate. But as the temperatures rise, bubbles of methane could rise to the surface. And methane is... Um, warming effect is approximately 20 times stronger than CO2s. So we don't want methane. No, no, no. Bad, bad, bad. A rise of just one degree Celsius over recent decades meant that methane hydrate, which was once stable, was breaking down, releasing methane. So, okay, we're, we're studying this. We're seeing this. 2008 UK Climate Act enshrined into law. Love that. We love you guys. Um, they became the first major economy to commit to a net zero target by 2050. So that's what everyone is on that. The PIPCC um, is 2050 is net zero. Um, oh, here now it says 2015 lag, landmark international Paris Agreement reached to cut carbon, known as the Paris Agreement, trying to keep global warming less than two degrees above pre-industrial levels. It's a legally binding international treaty adopted by 196 countries on December 12th, 2015. Its goal was actually to limit global warming to 1.5 because at 1.5, which is what we've actually kind of been at for the last year, for the last 2023 year, we've been at 1.5. That is like things start going sideways, right? And their goal is to stop it here because if we get to the two, um, here we go, 2019, ice collapse, irreversible. Um, a special report 
by the IPCC warns that part of an ice sheet known as the Amundsen Sea embayment of West Antarctica might have already passed a tipping point with collapse now unavoidable. So this is 2019. This is four years ago, five years ago. Um, climate models suggest that when this sector collapses, it could destabilize, destabilize the rest of the West Antarctic ice sheet like falling dominoes. This would cause sea levels to rise by three meters over a time scale of centuries, centuries to millennia, just depends on how fast it happens, right? Um, the one thing I did see was like, here we go. If we limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, it could take 10,000 years for that to unfold. If it gets to two degrees or above, it could take less than a thousand years. So it's 10, 10x by going up that other point, point 0.5 degree. Uh -huh you 10x the speed of the collapse. The collapse of those three ice sheets that they were talking about will raise sea levels by around 10 meters over the period of thousands of years. But again, speeds up if, yeah. Okay, so then we're talking about glaciers. I think we're almost to the end here. Oh, this is another sad one. Um, a 2019 report by the UN found that the number of native species on the planet has plummeted since 1900. Mm. It found that at least 680 vertebrate species have been driven to extinction since the 16th century. The rate of species extinctions is also accelerating. More than 40% of amphibian species are now at risk of extinction. Over a third of all marine mammals and 33% of reef-forming corals are also threatened. This is not in this paper, but I read this within the last couple of years, but it's like in the Pacific Northwest, like 30% of birds are gone. Whoa. Just like populations of birds are 30% less than they used to be. We got some more good news. In 2019, UK was the first country to pass the net zero emissions law. Then everyone signed on to the Paris Treaty, as we know. So net zero is when the amount of greenhouse gas emissions produced is the same amount as removed from the atmosphere. So as you're making it, because right, we can't stop making it until we convert everything to solar, basically, um, or other means, but we can capture it. Science behind the policy, going green actually has benefits, not only to the people, but to budgets. Um, in 2020, it says a world record was set for solar power. There was a world, a, a record set that with a cell that convert 29.52% of its solar energy into electricity. So at the beginning of this paper, we were talking about 6% conversion. So 29, almost 30, round up to 30%. Let's round it to them. <laughs> um, these were made by Oxford, Oxford PV. In 2021, uh, this is another one. Many aspects are now inevitable and irreversible. Ooh. So this is where I was searching for my good news guy on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> find him is I do follow this guy that um that it, you know it's all about giving you the good news, right? And so like a lot of it was, and I'm, I'm gonna butcher it because I couldn't find it. But one was like there is this green zone in London. Basically, it's it's an area where like they don't allow the cars. You know, everyone switch mm -hmm. over. And they have shown that the the benefits of that area have like far and exceeded um, what they expected. And it also radiates out. Like there's like this green bubble 
that you basically cool. generate. And so, um, you know, it's like uh, for as bad as the fossil fuels are, like we have the power and the technology to create something that's just as equally awesome and beautiful and mm -hmm. worthy. Um, oh, this is actually the post that I, I do want to share, though. Um, it was let's see if I still have it in my. Oh, this is the the chart. Um, global sea temp. Whoa. Lots the, of squiggly yeah. lines to yeah. observe. And the very top red one, which is like 2023's line started at 20, 20 20.55 degrees. We started 2024 at 20, basically 21 degrees. And are like, yeah, we're, we're, a degree above the previous year. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one I did want to show you was this post that someone had asked ChatGPT to create a world that was the opposite of our current um, our current one. Mm-hmm. Content you shared, posts. Okay, here we go, here we go. Okay, see post. Okay, chat GPT, describe a world where the power structures are reversed. Mm. In this alternate world, nature, instead of human institutions, holds the most power. Forests grow freely and animals move without fear. Rivers follow their ancient courses, unperturbed by dams or diversions, the humankind, instead of dominating, exists in harmony with their environment, their technology guided by ecological wisdom. Political borders fade as communities no longer define themselves by nationality, but by mutual respect, shared values, and collective responsibility. There are no armies, no international disputes, only global dialogue and cooperation. The stereotype of the unchanging set in their ways older adult has been shattered. Here, elders are viewed as lifelong learners. They are encouraged and supported to learn new skills, new technologies, and new perspectives. Children, with their natural creativity and curiosity, are revered as teachers. The innocence and authenticity of their thoughts and ideas shape societal norms and expectations. The concept of big corporations exploiting resources for profit is alien. Instead, businesses exist to serve the community and the environment. Profit is not the primary goal, but a byproduct of successful service. In place of celebrity idolarity, uh, educators and knowledge bearers are celebrated and revered. Intellectual pursuits, lifelong learning, and wisdom and wisdom sharing are more valued than fame and material wealth. The ability to understand and manage emotions, both one's own and others, is more important than traditional intellectual skills. Emotional intelligence is considered the cornerstone of societal interaction governing decisions at all levels period wow powerful stuff 
Powerful stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about it. How you feeling? I, like I said, I wanted to leave us on a good news because that was a lot of heavy. Yeah. It is just so frustrating and sad, but we are given this world like with no, like we had no power to change what we were being born into, what we were given, like the planet we were given and the decisions made beforehand. So it's mm. just a little bit of a bummer. Um, but I loved the reversing the power structures. It's super motivating. Um, obviously, it's very idealistic, but I think that's like a great way to end and like thinking about how EQ or emotional intelligence is like the end all be all like, yes, let's go towards people who have that. And um, I find myself doing that anyways, but it just like validates those feelings it's like yes soft skills for the win eq for the win i loved also adults being the learners and children being the teachers yeah like, yeah yeah i'm here for that um yeah i wrote down a lot of things it took a lot of notes so digesting mostly but yeah how are you feeling I am doing good. I like I said, reading that was I was like, shit, I gotta find something happy to end this with. Um, <laughs> but it is like this is a man-made problem. There's a man-made solution. Mm. Right. Uh, actually, <laughs> there's a woman-made solution. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, but that is another piece of like um, I don't I forget what it's called, but the way we treat women it reflects the way we treat earth in our society yeah right? it is mother nature right mother like exactly. she is exactly. and in in um cultures that they care for the land they also often care for women too right a lot of indigenous cultures are matriarchal and they live in harmony with the land that is their whole thing like their land is their religion and like it's like you just like it's all we got right earth is all we got this is our all of our homes and the sooner we get rid of these assholes that are plundering <laughs> pillaging her no um it's not about getting rid of anyone but it is a it is a mindset right like we're not enemies we're all we're all here together yeah global dialogue i like that mm, that was a good one global dialogue and collaboration Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try to find the good news guy too and, and maybe send yeah. Send well, it makes sense. We love we love Earth and Earth is a lady and it's Galentine's Day, so it's ladies celebrating ladies. So we're ladies celebrating the ultimate lady. Exactly. The Cheers mother herself. To the, to, Cheers to the mother. Cheers <laughs> to the mother. <laughs> <laughs> ah okay what are you up to what are you doing what's coming up what are you looking forward to what am i looking forward oh, wait. to yeah i'm sorry i have one one last thing this is a book plug Ooh, i can't remember the name right now it's about something about trees and her name is diane maybe it's the secret life of trees mm. um she was a botanist and um, basically a, a druid um, 
taught as a Druid, which were the Celtic, again, another religious kind of educated sect that revered mm -hmm. nature as God. Um, maybe that's not it. Diane Free book. Let's see what comes up for that. Dang it. Anyways, in her book, she <laughs> says, if every human on the planet planted seven trees, we could reverse global warming. Hmm. Because, oh, that, that was the, it was like someone, <laughs> this is another tangent, but someone had a meme and it was like Elon Musk asking, we need something to take CO2 out of the air that is also a good resource, blah, blah, blah. And is like, dude, that's trees. Like trees and plants literally already do that. Talk about, yeah. it's not even carbon capture. They turn the carbon into oxygen that we need, that everyone else needs, right? So it's like, we already have the tools and the tool is trees. <laughs> so plant your seven trees or six okay. trees. Everybody, we should have all. Someone should have told us all of this during COVID when like everyone had our attention. It was gardening, yeah, yeah, or just like we, <laughs> yeah, like every we were all watching YouTube and should have just been a spam. Like, go plant your trees. I think we were all freaking out a little bit too, you know. Little... I know that's very fair. It was a weird time. <laughs> I think we're still recovering, and what we, we are still recovering. I saw a meme that was like it. In 2020, the same teams were in the Super Bowl and the same people were up for election. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just close this chapter and pretend none of it, none of it happened. <laughs> yeah, that is wild, actually, that the same teams were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, anyways, um, what are you what looking am forward to? I am looking forward to continuing this yoga journey that we have been on we got to get it on the schedule for this week yeah yes definitely i did a day today um that's pretty great so if you're following along you know that we're not doing this every day or we would have been a lot further along right now but that's okay because it's the journey that we're on and that's Ooh. okay and adrian would say just that um and so yeah join us find what feels good and this is what feels good doing you know like three to four days maybe closer to three to two a week but um really excited it averages out it does our next guest has completed the journey though on our next episode so something to look forward to as well and we'll get into the yoga 30-day journey with her yes i yeah i'll i'll do i gotta do one and then we should do a couple this week together I like doing them with you. It's fun. It's quite nice. What are you looking forward to besides yoga with me? Besides yoga with you and Adrian, <laughs> I am looking forward to. Uh, oh, we're going to be on a podcast. We are. Oh, we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. So our one be a couple episodes ago, we had Dapaco Loca, Dapaca Loco Lolo, Dapaca Lolo cast. Wow. And Kayo, um, one of the co-hosts, joined us. So today we are going to be joining her on Instagram Live and just chit-chatting about us. Um, she does her format more on on right on Instagram, which I think is cool. Um, she's also super engaging. Like, I'm trying to learn some from her about, like, she's grown their account much faster. And it is about engagement, right? It's like, this just came to me recently, and 
you call me dumb if you want. Never. Social media. I have always leaned on the media and less on the social. Mm. And that means like interacting with people, right? Building relationships and actually doing the thing, doing the social thing. And it makes a difference, right? Like I find just by liking and commenting on other people's stuff, like other people then see me and then get into me or, you know, and so it is yeah. like, and that's something I really hope to do is, is lean into the social, which is also feels better if you're using social media. It's like, okay, I'm actually interacting with other people and what they're creating. And I'm not just consuming, you know, I'm actually responding to it and giving them more than a like, right? Which always mean means more. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Love it. Leaning into the social. Yeah. I'm excited. I downloaded Instagram for this. So yeah. this is monumental. <laughs> it's been so long since I've had Instagram on my phone. It's kind of nuts actually. I, I'm ner a little nervous. I will say about like, how do I go live? You'll have to explain to me after this. I was going to say, yeah, there's don't even um, know, like what the crack is. <laughs> we can, we can do an intro or a, a I sound so old. Uh. <laughs> oh, but they change it though. Seriously, that's why, like TikTok, it, it's hard for me to actually get into because I'm like, I know where everything is on Instagram and my brain mm -hmm. just want to learn again. Or do you kind of feel like Instagram is just going to be the one that's going to be there? Like all these other things have come and gone. Twitter and Instagram will live forever. Did you see the Snapchat Super Bowl commercial? I did, yeah. Actually, really like that. I'm and on Snapchat. If you want to, okay. I have engage. not used Snapchat forever, but it, it was I was hot to trot on the Snap in college. Hot to trot, I love that. Um, they had friends. Yeah, yeah, yep. You could see like your top. You can still like see. Oh, the streak is still there. It, the okay. streak is why I have it because I love keeping streaks. I love a good streak in all the ways that it's meant to be said every streak. every streak it's a great streak um but you probably have some own open stops for me probably i'll just check it out yeah I wonder when they're from some fresh some fresh eyes cool awesome well this has been the sad climate change episode but also hopeful it's uh, the real, know. the realist, just ladies celebrating, talking about being lady. It's a hard time being yeah. a lady. So, checks yeah. out. Earth is having a hard time right now. Hard time being a planet. Yep. <laughs> being a lady. <sighs> but it's getting better every day. Every day. And, you know, what we can do, just stay high out there, friends. And lay low. Low, 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 low. <laughs>